It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. The varying issues and the coverage of what has played out over the last uh, several days in the Middle East, in Israel, the rockets being fired by Iran-backed Hamas into Israel, thousands, now rockets from Lebanon not reaching Israel, uh, landing in Lebanon. That from the north opens up the next series of questions and steps about what will happen. What has certainly happened is that Israel, as Prime Minister Netanyahu has laid out, uh, will defend itself and will also not allow terrorists to flourish in the Gaza Strip or elsewhere and continue to attack uh, attack the, not only the state of Israel, but Arabs who live in Israel. So there's a wide range of issues uh, that need to be discussed. David Rubin is there, as he has been on this show many times, uh, and speaking to us from Shiloh in the West Bank, also the author of a new book, Confronting Radicals, What, American can, what America Can Learn from Israel. David uh, well, good afternoon to you and your time, my friend. How are you? Well, I'm fine. It's good to be with you, David. And uh, yes, these are certainly challenging times for Israel. Let's take the, as you often do, and sadly in these circumstances, let's take the ground level view from your perspective uh, in the West Bank and to what's playing out now uh, with the rockets from the Gaza Strip. What do you see there? I've talked to other friends who live in other parts, Ashkelon, Tel Aviv, Yaffa, etc., but it varies uh, depending on your geography. Yeah, well, what what is happening is that there have been 2,000, well, now we're, we're already pushing 3,000 rockets that have been fired at Israel in the last few days. And uh, there were about 300 yesterday alone. Uh, The rockets are still flying. They're still hitting cities in Israel. Uh, The Iron Dome defense system has picked up many of them, uh, majority of them, but uh, rockets have fallen. They're landing on, on Israel. They're landing on people's homes. And and people have been hurt and and people have been killed. Uh, the the Arabs uh, in Israel and they were talking about Israeli citizens. I should point out have been rioting, uh, burning synagogues, uh, torching cars, and attacking civilian streets. Uh, it's a, a very very difficult situation, and it's not going to end anytime soon. Uh, at least it's not going to end in a way that is going to end the situation uh, unless we act very, very strongly. Even within the Arab quarter in Jerusalem and Arabs who live all across Israel, but high concentration in Jerusalem, they've been the victims of this. And when you talk about the rioting, has there been any call for peace from Arab leaders within the Arab quarter or within Israel? Well, I, I have to I have to tell you something very different. Um, you know, obviously there are peaceful Arabs, and uh, obviously there are peaceful Muslims. Uh, but I have to tell you very clearly, uh, the Arabs 
of Israel have selected their leadership. And they have selected a leadership that has been praising the terrorism uh, for many, many years now. And we're seeing the results. It's not an accident that the Arabs of Israel are rioting and, and are, are torching synagogues and torching people's cars and, and attacking people in the streets. It's not an accident. It comes from something. Okay, so we could blame the politicians that they voted in, uh, or we could blame the people who voted them in. Uh, you know, there's no escaping that. You know, I know it's a, it's a, a wonderful ma- mantra uh, that a lot of spokesmen like to say, official spokesmen like to say that, uh, well, the, the Arabs are suffering from this as well. Well, you know, they, they, you, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't attack, uh, uh, you know, Israelis by voting for uh for politicians who are going to praise terrorism and support terrorism. Yeah, no, that's a very good point, and that's why I asked the question uh, to see what the what if there's any distinction. Just like here in the United States, David, you and I've talked about, we choose our leaders, and uh, we get the leadership we choose, or at least the elected officials that we choose and push the policies. Uh, in your book, Confronting Radicals, What America Can Learn from Israel, now you and I have talked uh, for years about the roots of liberalism in Israel. I have talked about it many times on the show, from the founding to where it is now and the changes that have been made. But you and I also both, I believe at one time, were standing there uh, in the West Bank while tent cities and extreme liberalism were marching and setting up tent cities all across Israel. We're seeing riots in America. We're seeing leftism on the march. Uh, what did Israel do that we can learn from them? Well, uh, it's very important to point this out because Americans have this fascination with socialism. Uh, and we've seen it growing. We've seen it growing among the college-age youth, and we've seen it growing in the universities where, where 90% of college professors support the Democrats. And Israel has a lot to share about that because our, our country, the modern state of Israel, that is, was established as a socialist country. From 1948 till the early 1980s, we had a socialist economy. And guess what? It was a, democratic, a Democrat socialist economy, democratic socialists. We had the right to vote, yes, but uh, the mo- most of the parties that were running and that controlled things were socialist parties. And uh, guess, guess what else? Because the government controlled so much, as they, as they do in a socialist system, we had one television station, which was controlled by the government. We had one health fund, which was controlled by the government. And uh, those are just two examples. So in the 19, early 1980s, with inflation, inflation, inflation at 445%, Prime Minister Menachem Begin, who was the first non-socialist prime minister after 30 years of socialism, he discussed this with, with President Ronald Reagan, 
and they made up a plan by which Israel would open up its economy and in exchange would receive financial aid to help to absorb uh, the the hundreds of thousands of, of Russian Jewish immigrants who were going to be coming in as the Soviet Union opened up and and fell apart. Uh, and And guess what? Israel now has a roaring free market economy and, you know, high tech like no other country. And, it, it, you know, it's just been it's been great for the for the country as a whole. So, uh, you know, it's a warning to Americans. And, you know, in my book, Confronting Radicals, What America Can Learn from Israel, uh, my, I emphasize that we're not a perfect country. We've made a lot of mistakes through the years. But in our very long history, and I'm referring to the Jewish people in the in the, the greater sense, ancient Israel as well, we've made a, we've had a lot of successes. We've also made a lot of mistakes, and it's important to learn from those successes and the mistakes. You know, when we look at who the actors are, what are some of the similarities? You have Palestinians rioting in Jerusalem. You have Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and supporters, by the way, here in the United States of the radical, of Hamas, of Hezbollah, of the Iranian effort. Let's call it what it is. So what are the similarities? And, you know, it's not just what do we learn from it, David, but what do we do? Uh, Exactly, exactly. Now, the similarities are frightening. And that's what that's what led me to write the book, Confronting Radicals, What America Can Learn from Israel, because I saw the similarities with all the rioting and the looting in the streets. And I I saw, uh, for God's sake, Macy's Herald Square boarded up and shut down uh, by by rioters. And I and, and, and I saw Molotov cocktails being thrown, Molotov cocktails, for those who don't know, Americans sadly already do know uh, that it's those homemade firebombs that we in Israel have known for decades. And, uh, you know, then seeing the piles of bricks on the street corners in American cities uh, that that weren't there by accident, uh, and it, you know, reminded me of the rocks that, that were thrown at uh, that have been thrown at uh, Jewish cars in Israel as they drive through Arab areas for decades. And uh, and then, of course, there are the propaganda similarities, changing words, uh, changing the meanings of words, uh, such as the West Bank, and, uh, you know, which is a fictional term in place of Judea and Samaria, Palestine, which is a fictional term in place of Israel. And and you see it in America, and you see the uh, the the breakdown of the American family and the the destruction, the the conscientious destruction of the American family uh, by radical groups like Black Lives Matter and Antifa. And this has been going on for for far too many years. Americans haven't even been aware of it until they start to see the monuments to American heroes being torn down. And uh, when, when you have those graphic sites and you see fires being set to government buildings, as the Palestinians have been doing for years, uh, well, you start to take notice. And you realize that the similarities tell us 
that you do not appease uh, terrorists, you do not appease those who are trying to destroy your country. Was there a tie uh, to the formation of the new government in this recent rise? I know they talk about the the evictions uh, of uh, some of the buildings, but was that really the driving force behind this recent violence? Or was it a point at which instability, as which is a goal of Hamas, not just destruction, but on the way, instability? Excuse me, instability helps. Was that a factor, and to what extent? Well, they're always looking for an excuse. Uh, you know, if Jewish-owned homes uh, that uh, you know that 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 have been squatted in by Arabs for many years and uh, who have nothing to do with those properties have anything to do with this, well, you know, it's just an excuse. Uh, the bottom line is this. You know, people ask me, what caused this to suddenly break out? Well, for one thing, we had Jerusalem Day last week uh, when uh, Israelis were celebrating the reunification of Jerusalem 54 years ago. Uh, and there was celebrations in the streets. Uh, but I think it, uh, if, I, if I have to pin down one thing, one factor that caused it the most, it would be really a combination of two factors. Uh, one is that uh, President Trump had cut off aid to the Palestinian Authority, had cut off financial aid, because they were supporting terrorism. They were paying salaries to terrorists. Uh, now, you know, David, that I, I was wounded in a terrorist attack uh, 19 years ago, along with my three-year-old son. Those terrorists are in jail, but they have been... They have been receiving salaries, monthly salaries, from the Palestinian Authority since that day. President Trump cut off financial aid to the Palestinians until they stopped paying monthly salaries to terrorists. Joe Biden came into office, and he, he did away with that policy, and he undermined the policy of the previous president, and he restored $300 million in financial aid to the Palestinians unconditionally. And he was very clear about that. Now, as far as I can see, there is no one issue that, that gave them a green light for terrorism as much as that. And in addition to that, Biden has been, or Biden administration has been crawling their way towards Iran begging Iran to let them go back into that destructive Iran nuclear deal that did nothing to stop their nuclear program. And that, too, uh, because I, I have to point out that I live here in Israel, I live here in the Middle East, and, and it's a pretty tough neighborhood. Uh, but the Arabs understand weakness. The, the, the Arab countries understand weakness. When Israel is strong... They want to be our friends, as with, as with those four Arab nations that made peace with Israel near the end of the Trump administration. But when Israel is weak, or when the free world is weak, as in the case of the Biden administration, then they will eat you up in a second. And that's what we're seeing happen today. Yeah, we, the, the radical change from recognition, agreements, economic agreements. Uh, stability is the word I attach to what was happening in the Trump administration. 
uh, as the bigger picture, David, uh, certainly turning around right now. Uh, David's new book, Confronting Radicals, What America Can Learn uh, from Israel. Uh, And as always, David, I appreciate your insight, my friend. Uh, Stay safe and uh, hope we'll uh, have a conversation about other things. You do great work with uh, the Shiloh Children's Fund uh, for the children, uh, among many other things that uh, many other efforts that you've had for decades now. Uh, so, of course, I'm sure, you know, people appreciate that as well. Well, thank you, David. I appreciate you for having me on, and uh, God willing, we'll speak again soon. Thank you. David Rubin, former mayor of Shiloh, Israel, author of a new book, Confronting Radicals, What American can, What America Can Learn from Israel, and also founder of the Shiloh Israel Children's Fund at Shiloh Israel Children. Children. Dot org. 866-95-PATRIOT, 957-2874. You can join me live on The David Webb Show, Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east, on Sirius XM Patriot 125.